Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place for creative and inspiring learning from around the world. Listen to teachers, parents and mentors share how they are supporting children to live their best authentic life and are proving to be a guiding light to us all. Hello and welcome and thank you so much for deciding to spend some time with us here on the Education on Fire podcast. I'd like to thank the National Association for Primary Education for their continued support and sponsorship of this show. NAEP are currently supporting teachers by producing fortnightly videos which cover themes like art, school trips and literacy. Also they are giving away e-copies of their professionally produced journal Primary First. To find out more about the association please go to nape.org.uk. That's nape.org.uk. I'm joined by Yasmin Alexander and Jenna Hope and they're from the Yoga Induce Network and they're going to talk to us about what that is and what they offer. But the reason I'm really keen to have this conversation is because since we've joined Learning on Fire, which was specifically for parents and teenagers and Education on Fire, which was talking specifically to teachers, I was able to bring lots of conversations we'd had in previous series. So, for example, our well-being series actually we can come back and bring some things which have come to light by people getting in contact and 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 the way of actually expanding on some of the things which people have really wanted to to talk more about and and we weren't sort of stuck in that kind of series related model so i'm really pleased that this has been one of those opportunities that i can extend that so yasmin and jenna thank you so much for joining me thank you for having us so just give us a brief idea of of what the yoga induced network is and how the two of you got together and and how did you come up with the idea of course so we actually met on our undergraduate degree um which was nutrition and exercise um and we stayed friends um we went our separate ways to study nutrition after our undergraduate degree um and then one day we were going up to nottingham and we were in a long car journey and we were listening to the radio and really they were talking about who to blame for the um health of our children in the UK population and they were passing it from is it the teacher's fault is it industry is it the media is it the parents fault and really we sat there and we got really frustrated um, because actually it's all very well sitting there and trying to work out who you're going to blame for this but really we felt that education is absolutely key and we really wanted to do something about that so it was in that car journey actually um, that the yogurt induced network was born um, and the name was developed um, because we have Yasmin um, and myself, Jenna. So that's kind of where yoga and juice came from. Um, And what we do is we focus on nutrition education in schools, colleges and universities as well. to children, to parents, we do teachers talks. Um, But what's super exciting is that we have just launched our online platform. So now we can access more people around the world, um, particularly parents, we can really educate them on how to incorporate healthier nutrition, healthier diets um, into their children's lifestyles and get them involved as well. Fantastic. And and I really like the fact that it's everything really starts in terms of your own responsibility doesn't it you know if I want to eat healthier if I want to give my children more advice both in terms of practical advice but also in terms of sort of modeling what it is that we're doing in a healthier way um, it starts with us and and it's, it's us that makes the biggest difference and I think by doing that that can then morph into the schools it can morph um, into any area that we're working with and I really like the fact that, that, that the, the goal is your starting point rather than just saying oh we're someone that do recipes for example. Yeah and really like Jenna said the education is really at the heart of what we do because you know adults as well we might 
know that we should eat five a day and know that we need to eat fiber but it's actually putting it into practice that we often struggle with so when we do go into schools we often do um after our workshops we might include recipe demos and you know show the children and get the children really involved in how they can actually put what we're talking about into practice so we really enjoy making it more practical as well and what's your take on when you go into schools do you find that children actually are probably more aware of exactly what they should be eating than their parents or is it just depend on on the area or the type of school what's what's your experience in that so interesting question um it really does seem to depend on the area and the type of school um and also the influence of the parents so often we find you know if the parents are very into healthy eating and nutrition and looking after themselves then that tends to translate into the children as well um but equally, you'll be surprised at sometimes what the children are not aware of um, and just small tips and tricks that we can provide them really get them really excited. And that's what we want to do is we want to make nutrition education fun, exciting, desirable. And that's why, you know, we do this outside of lessons. So we don't want this to be another lesson. We really want it to be engaging and practical as well. And I think what it often brings up is the fact that we're we're all part of a community of doing this aren't we like you said it's in terms you don't know what some children will know but actually in their school environment it's really important that we give them a broad education in many things and this is an incredibly important one for their their well-being their learning their understanding of what's going to support them in their lives going forward i think it's really exciting that we are bringing this into schools you know and there's so many other school initiatives that are around health because Certainly when we were at school, myself and Jenna, there wasn't there wasn't really anything like this. Um, so we feel really passionate and really fortunate that we're able to provide that into a lot of schools now because it's something that we really wish that we had when we were at school. And, and let's start with this school focus then. Tell us exactly what it would look like if I was a, a student um, and you're coming in and delivering one of these workshops. Of course. So it would really depend on the age. Um, But let's take, for example, um, primary school children to start with. Um, So what we would do is usually we work with the school to identify what key topics they want us to discuss. And that could be anything from looking at um, a a basic introduction to nutrition and the importance of eating a rainbow, but more for more than just, you know, eat a rainbow of colours, actually why and how you can identify different nutrients within those foods. But obviously that's done in a very child-friendly way. Um, And then we move up to talking about things like exam focus, um, energy, digestion. So if you're moving into more secondary school, we're talking about digestion and stress a lot of the time, brain-friendly foods, and then moving up the school towards sit form. Um, we talk about preparing for university, so how you can really ensure that you're, you know, when you go off and fly the nest, you're going to be able to look after yourself and eat a healthy, balanced diet because we know that unfortunately, when a lot of people go to university, that's where they start leaning towards the takeaways, the fast food, um, the high alcohol intake. And we're just pre- preparing them for those next steps. I really love the fact that it's education but it's also about how it fits into everything and I think I know know everything's very exam focused at the moment within the education system but understanding how that fits in with your life in terms of the bigger picture but also how you can support yourself it's not just about putting the hours in 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 terms of um, doing your revision and that kind of thing it's about like you say 
eating the right things, taking exercise, and how that's going to help you in the long run. And I think that's certainly one thing I wasn't aware of is I was sort of at that sort of age going through school and into into music college and that kind of thing. It's actually understanding that doing these things are preparing you in the best possible way for what you're trying to achieve as well. And that gives you a slightly different standpoint on why you do it and why you would take the time and actually have it as part of your framework. Yeah, exactly. And there's so many scientific studies now in the research linking food and how we eat to cognitive performance in children. Um, There was one study that looked at um, berries, so I think it was blueberry intake, um, linking that to an increase in memory and ability to perform well on tasks. So I think when children hear about this, they, you know, I mean, we think it's really exciting, but there's highlights this window of opportunity that we can use food and we can use our diet to really enhance our performance and hopefully like I said we never had that when we were at school so hopefully that does really motivate them and and make it more practical for them and make them realize that it's you know small things that they can do that will hopefully have a big effect in the long run. And and practically in terms of when you're in school is it during lessons it's after school what what how does it sort of look from that point of view? So if we're talking to students, um, that does tend to take up lesson time. So they'll switch out their lessons for our workshops. Um, but then we also speak to teachers either um, at lunch times or um, after school. And we do parent w- workshops after school as well. But sometimes it will fall under um, sort of PSHE as well. So it really depends on the timetable of the school. And and so I guess if they get in contact with you and say, look, we really like the idea of what you're trying to produce, you can sort of work with them and sort of give them the best opportunity in the different versions that fit within their timetable. Exactly. So it's really about tailoring um, our education and tailoring our workshops to the needs of the school and also the children as well. So if we go into a school that is um, a particular religion focused um, or arts focused or whatever it is, then we try and adapt the workshops to ensure that they're appropriate for, for everyone. And just before we move on to sort of the online platform, um, tell us a little bit about your background in terms of, like I said, how you got involved in this, why you decided to study it and and what you got out of it. So um, I, Jenna um, is speaking, I um, did my undergraduate degree in nutrition and exercise alongside Yasmin. Um, I then went on to do um, a master's in nutrition. And then after that, I set up my own practice, um, which is nutrition consultancy, um, where I work with individuals corporate clients, the media brands as well. Um, And then about a year and a half ago, Yasmin and I came together to form the Yogurt and Juice Network um, because we became so passionate about nutrition education in children. So that was my journey. Um, So mine was fairly similar. As as you know, we started our undergrad together. I then did a diploma in nutritional therapy, um, which led me to setting up my practice as well and do similar um, in my in my separate business do similar things to Jenna um, but I think for me it was really when I was at school I was really really interested in biology and learning about how the body works and I kind of just fell into it I have grown up with family members who are quite ill and food was you know quite a big part of their lifestyle and their because of allergies and anaphylaxis and things so I think for me like food was always kind of part of my life growing up it's kind of a big part of family life but also I just seemed to be really interested in it and I just kind of fell into it really and and it's been you know my only career path that I've been on um, and I think it's really exciting because it just it's always evolving um, and you can do so many different things with it so yeah it's it's really great and, and I think really understanding sort of your 
your education and professional background and that is, is sort of really highly educated skills in, in that particular yeah. way uh, is, is really important and, and I know you're registered and accredited as well aren't you which is important I guess for schools especially if you're visiting them definitely and I think unfortunately in the industry now um, it is so easy to do an online six-week course in nutrition um, but and and as a result of that people then can go out practice and give out what we potentially would classify as dangerous advice so for us it's really important that yes we are accredited we constantly keep up with our cpd which are continuing professional development um and really another thing is that with our approach yes nutrition is vital education is so so important but at the end of the day we appreciate that everyone has their lives and sometimes nutrition cannot be the be all and end all so we're very practical in our approach and and in terms of particularly when we're working with parents are saying okay you know what you're not going to be perfect that's fine no one is perfect life isn't perfect you don't have perfect teachers either and we've all got capacity to learn and capacity to insert our information into areas of your life which works for you which might be different to another parent at school or the teacher for example so we're very very practical and with regard to the advice that we give out and do you go into some of the ideas of sort of habit forming as well because that's something certainly which in my life has, has come up in recent weeks and months in terms of even when you have all this information about what you think you should do what is the right thing to eat how you can really help yourself that's all very well when it's um a mental idea but can be very difficult on a practical terms and and so often it's just small habit changing and doing the things that you can do which build up to a bigger picture is that something which you cover as well yes definitely um and particularly when it comes to parents we talk a lot about forming habits and i think that often we try to overhaul too much at once and actually you're never going to form new habits if you try and change your whole lifestyle at once so we really focus on trying to change one thing at a time and rerouting um behaviors as well so for example sometimes people might be if they are a parent for example they might be used to making the child's dinner and then finishing off the rest of the child's dinner whatever they don't eat and then go and eating their own dinner but actually we really try and encourage them to notice the, the habits and their behaviors that they might not necessarily be noticing at that moment um, and then they can start to make changes appropriately yeah I think that really is good advice and I'm sure there are many parents there that are nodding away in, in the background in terms of that just got constant food going on I'd like to say from the children's food to preparation to yeah, all, all that kind of thing it's a really it's a really interesting thing that I think people I, I like the idea of the noticing bit because that is the key thing isn't it we do so many things just instinctually or by habit that we don't even take into account and I think that's it's a really important thing to to point out there yeah and I think also in terms of forming habits is to look at, you know, say we're looking at breakfast, for example, or looking at meals, we, we want to focus on, okay, what's already there in terms of a meal? What are the backbones that are already there? <clears throat> and then what can we add on to that rather than take things away? What can we add on? Because if the back, the bare bones of something are already there, then it's a lot easier for someone to just add in healthier ingredients or just give it a bit of a nutrient boost rather than completely change something. So we focus on kind of piggybacking on behaviours that are already there so that it's easier to make the changes really if that makes sense yeah absolutely and and ha having three children at home I sort of know how, how some of these meals start to work and some of the conversations you have around meals um what's your experience in terms of how their palates change and their understanding of what they're eating 
changes over time so for example i know when they're younger for example they wouldn't go anywhere near a mushroom partly because of the way that it looks or the way that it feels and whereas as they get older they go actually this is nice i enjoy this as part of something else is there is there a pattern or there are certain things which you should just as a parent certainly think that might be something which just develops over time or we keep trying it or we introduce it in a different way how does that work for you Yeah, definitely. That's a great question. And one actually that we get asked all the time. And the first thing that we would say to that is actually, it takes a while for the child to become familiar with certain foods. So just because they say they don't like it once, that doesn't mean that they're not going to like it at all. So keep trying, give it to them in different ways. So like you mentioned, that's a really good trick. Um, So for example, rather than just giving tomatoes on a plate, as an example, um, mash the tomatoes into a nice sauce with some pasta, um, and some different spices also encourage them to eat alongside their friends because often if they see their friends eating something they're much more inclined to eat it as well so sometimes you know if the parents if your parents telling you to do something you're not necessarily going to do it but if you see your friend doing it then you're much more likely to do it as well um also get them involved in the cooking process the decision making process And we completely appreciate how difficult sometimes it is to take children to a supermarket. But actually, that's the best thing to get them involved in the shopping. So everything from where the food, where you buy the food to how you're going to prepare it, to the preparation process, to the food actually coming onto the table. um, That's that's also another way that children are much more likely to eat certain foods as well. Yeah, I do love that, actually understanding that what you see as the final product of the plate actually has this whole backstory of how it got there. And I think that's really key. And it's one of the things that certainly makes my wife and I smile quite a lot is when um, we have sort of a pasta sauce and, and they, they we have these conversations about the various things that the children think they've never eaten, but they have no idea what's gone into the homemade pasta sauce, which is basically anything that we can put through with 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 tomatoes that have been blitzed to make a pasta sauce with as much nutrients as you possibly can. And yeah. um, and, and they're interesting conversations as you get older that you can say, but we prepared it like this, we've done this, and then is they're able mm. to take part and do it develop as well. They start to understand how, like you say, it's not black and white. It doesn't have to taste like this because you think it's this. Yeah particular product yeah and also often the the way you know we even say this with client adult clients all the time the way that you cook something can really really change the taste so for example if you take a cauliflower and you boil it it's going to taste very very different to when it's roasted with a bit of olive oil and maybe some some herbs so yeah that really changes it but I also think that our palates do change and mature as as we get older and so something that we might have not wanted to eat and not wanted to accept in childhood as we kind of move up into the teenage years you might start to see that you then do like that flavor so our, t- our taste buds and our preferences I think they do mature and um, as we get older so we do need to kind of factor that in as well but everything that Jenna mentioned it just needs to be you know as practical as it possibly can be just making it fun whether you can cut things into different shapes or um, just you know just make food fun um, that's really the key and consistency so you may have heard that it takes about 15 to 20 times for a child to kind of actually make their decision whether they will accept something or they won't so it is just about repeated repeated exposure and when we talk about younger children um, a really good tip is that if you're wanting to introduce a new food to not just present that food to them on a plate so it looks really, you know, unfamiliar and scary to always introduce it with um, familiar food that they feel safe with. 
um, they're much more likely to accept new foods if they're with something that they feel comfortable with. And just in addition to that as well, one of the things that can really cause some problems when it comes to feeding children is stress that parents can give off from themselves. So even if they're trying not to, you know, be super stressy, but they are, the child can can detect that. And sometimes that can put them off eating as well. And it makes the whole situation a lot worse. So really try and stay calm about it and positive so that the child's always got a positive experience with food. Otherwise, if you start introducing negativity and stress, that can start causing more problems further down the line with children in relationship to um, their food intake as well. Yeah, I think that's something that I've certainly witnessed over time is that, you know, you must eat this, you must eat that, drink more water, you know, all that kind of thing. And, and it just becomes a regular pattern. It's, again, it's the habit thing, isn't it? You don't even know you're doing it sometimes and just being aware of those things. And and, and I think the other thing that we've certainly done as parents um, is often focus it back on to our children as well sometimes and say that, you know, it's your body. You do know instinctually sometimes what it is that you need you know so have this sort of two-way dialogue sometimes in terms of you know what is it that you think is going to help you you know what would you like over the course if we're going to plan out the meals for the next few days and it's almost like an extension of of when our children were very small that over the course of a week even though one meal they might have only eaten carbohydrate or protein or fruit or something you know that they seem to have a very balanced diet of what they will or won't eat I'm talking when they're really tiny now um, but sort of developing that idea as they get slightly older in terms of them being able to pan out some of those meals so that they feel like they've got a little bit of control over what they're eating as well, rather than just being presented with today, we're going to have this. I think that that dialogue uh, seems to really work as well. Yeah, definitely. I think that is really, really important because like you said, they start to take some of the onus and probably are more interested in it if they're if they've had some input. Let's talk a little bit about the online platform that you said is is, is now available. It, both, obviously, that means that those people who aren't here in the UK that you can't visit directly um, can really get some of the benefit as well. To so talk us through exactly how that works and, and how they get access to that. Yeah, so um, we really wanted to set up the online platform because we realised that, yes, we go into schools and we think that, you know, we, we do a good job going into schools and promoting health with the children at school. What we really want to do is for that to kind of feed through at home as well. So we thought that if we also created a platform that is more targeted at parents to use and to do with their children, then that we'd kind of target a more 360 approach. And we know that, you know, we're not the only um, people that are able to make change and influence our children. It needs to come from everything. It needs to come from the media, um, also from, you know, companies so manufacturers and policy we need to all work together so we just thought that this is another way that we can try and um improve children's health so we mainly um we we host it on um, a website called patreon so this is where people can kind of subscribe and then they get access to all of our weekly content so we put up um short um weekly educational videos so these are kind of five minute videos for the parents to get education on a certain topic and um, we realize that they need to be short because parents are short on time more often than not so um, we do that and then our recipe videos are quick and um, healthy recipes but these are targeted at um, the parents to use or to play with their children so 
the whole idea is that we want to promote children being involved in the cooking process. So it's also a way that we can do that and a way that we can give the parents an activity to do with their children, whether that's on the weekend or whether that's during half term. This is something that they can do together. Um, we also um, send out educational resources and we work closely with um, a yogurt company and we send out yogurt vouchers as well. So yeah, quite. We're doing quite a lot over there. <laughs> yeah, it really sounds it, and I, I um, I think the access now to these things online is is becoming more and more part of what we're just used to doing, and I think that's a really key thing in terms of engaging with the children as well when you're doing it. You know, like I say, being able to watch the videos if you've watched it as a parent, and then you want to do it while you're preparing something or, or however it comes about is really key. And and Patreon is a is a fantastic place for for that to happen. So. So for those people in schools who want to find out more in terms of getting you in for workshops or parents who want to find out more about all the online access, could you tell us where to go and visit and, and where to get that information? Okay, so you can find us on Instagram at the yogurt and juice underscore network and just the yogurt and juice network dot com. Facebook is just the yogurt and juice network. So if you want to email us, we're hello at the yogurt and juice network dot com. Um, and you can find the online platform at Patreon. So if you go onto Patreon dot com and type in the yogurt and juice network, um, the online platform is on there. So bit for the teachers and then a bit for the parents as well fantastic and we'll have links and details of all those things on the on the show notes of this particular podcast episode as well so you better click through and find out all of those things if you go to educationonfire.com and then in the search bar put yogurt and juice network that will then pop up so yasmin jenna thank you so much for telling us all about what you're doing and i'm really pleased that we were able to sort of circle this back round related directly to the fact that we've done our well-being season and that's why I like this the flexibility of our, our new format of the show and, and how we can make the most and support as many people as possible so thanks very much indeed for joining me thank you for having us it's been great thanks for listening to the education on fire podcast for more information of each episode and to get in touch go to educationonfire.com education is not the filling of a pail but the lighting of a fire